Welcome to the Paul Gunn Podcast. Paul is an American pastor and chaplain who seeks to teach the Bible in an easy to understand and inspirational way to people of all ages. He believes the truths found in the scriptures have the power to change lives. Paul's church has a diverse mix of nationalities and ethnicities where the scriptures are taught in seven languages. When he's not serving his church, he's serving the military as a chaplain. Thank you for listening. And we hope you enjoy this edition of the Paul Gunn Podcast. The title of my message today is When Jericho Fell, and I will be preaching from Joshua chapter 6. When Jericho Fell, Joshua chapter 6. And today we begin a short series in honor of the season of the year. So for the next few weeks, I'm going to be talking about falls. And I'm not going to be talking about colorful leaves or pumpkins or scarecrows. Uh, We're going to talk about famous falls of the Bible. And today, we're going to start with the story of Jericho, specifically the walls of Jericho. If you spent any time in church as a child, you know about the walls of Jericho. Uh, You probably had some type of activity where you built walls out of blocks and marched around. I remember doing that. And then then the, the, the blocks would fall, and it was the story of, of the walls of Jericho. So I want to give you a little background that brings us to this point this morning. With God's miraculous intervention, the Israelites escaped slavery in Egypt, but they were condemned to wander in the desert for 40 years because of their disobedience to the Lord. Moses and all but two of that generation passed away. And Joshua was the new human leader. God was their leader, but on the human level, Joshua was selected to be their leader. And and God was ready to usher them into the promised land through the leadership of Joshua. But there was one huge problem. There was an enemy city. There was a city of people that were the enemies of God. And the name of that city was Jericho. For God's people to enter the promised land, they would have to deal with Jericho. Today's sermon has three points. Submission comes first. Second, obedience involves effort. And third, triumph takes time. Let's say one of our confessions this morning, if you'll repeat after me, if you want to. God can do whatever he wants. Whenever he wants, wherever he wants, with whomever he wants, for as long as he wants, without anyone's permission. That's the God we serve. My first point for you to consider this morning is that submission comes first. Joshua chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. No kidding. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men. Do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times 
with the priests blowing the trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have all the people give a shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the people will go up, every man straight in. Everyone straight in. Well, Jericho was a city of several thousand people. Uh, We believe it was actually surrounded by two different walls. And to the Israelites, this must have just seemed impenetrable. They had to wonder what kind of battle plan the Lord would give them. So as a people, they were not settled yet. They had wandered for 40 years. They had a new leader, and they were about to go into the promised land. You know, God did not call for battering rams to break down the barricades. He didn't ask for uh, warrior wall climbers to uh, scale the, 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 the gate and to, to open it from inside. Uh, he didn't even ask for the best archers to take aim against the guards of Jericho. Instead, God gave Joshua a plan that involved a lot of walking, a little bit of yelling, and a whole lot of faith. You see, Joshua had a choice to make. He could believe God and obey. He could believe those instructions that were given to him, no matter how ridiculous they seemed, or he could do things his way. Well, the Israelites had been in this situation before. This wasn't new to them. Forty years earlier, God miraculously rescued them from this slavery and God wanted them to enter the promised land, but they balked. They saw the enemy and they were intimidated and refused to believe that God would lead them successfully into the promised land as promised. And as a result, a whole generation of Israelites died in the wilderness. Now we have the children of those people finding themselves in the same situation. Would they repeat their parents' mistake? You know, submission is a word that carries with it a negative context in our culture. You know, no one wants to submit to anyone else, but submission is essential in the life of faith. And so often we make the same mistake that the Israelites made the first time around. We think that we know better than God. We think that he doesn't know all the details that we're dealing with. We think that our thoughts, our plans are are rather harmless, and so we, we refuse to get rid of them. And we think that our ideas are better than God's, and maybe we'll help out God a little bit or enhance God's plans for us a little bit. So we we ignore his word. But Joshua chose to believe God. After 40 years of wandering and growing up with a tribal, large tribal, growing group of people who wandered and were rebellious, he chose to believe God. He submitted to the authority of God and led the people to do so as well. This time, before they put one foot in front of the other, the Israelites made a decision to do things things God's way and not their own way. Their submission was a demonstration of faith. It was their way of acknowledging that God was in control, not them. And if we call ourselves Christians, 
then we must submit to Christ's authority in our lives. Submission comes first. Second, I want you to see that obedience involves effort. Joshua chapter 6, beginning with verse 6. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priest and said to them, Take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. When Joshua had spoken to the people, the seven priests carrying the seven trumpets before the Lord went forward, blowing their trumpets, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed them. The armed guard marched ahead of the priest who blew the trumpets, and the rear guard followed the ark. At this time, all this time, the trumpets were sounding. But Joshua had commanded the army, Do not give a war cry. Do not raise your voices. Do not say a word until the day I tell you to shout. Then shout. So he had the ark of the Lord carried around the city, circling it once. Then the army returned to camp and spent the night there. Listen to me. Obedience starts with an attitude of submission. But it does not end there. The Israelites had to get up and move. Simply agreeing with God would not have been enough. So the Israelites had two primary commands. March around the wall and remain silent. Then, uh, when, we, when we teach this story to uh, young children, you know, we build those towers of blocks and, and we, we, we have the children march around it and, and stomp and the, until the blocks fall down. And, it, you know, it seems fun, it seems exciting, but I doubt the real events in real time with real people were nearly as entertaining. And for many of us, the marching would have been easier than holding our tongues. (laughs) Imagine the guards of Jericho taunting, jeering, and poking fun of them. You know, they may have thrown things at them. They may have have shot arrows at them. And whatever, whatever happened, the Israelites could only march in silence. There could be no retaliation There could be no self-defense. This was a crazy strategy of God. Here you had Israelite warriors who over those 40 years had refined their skills. They had grown up traveling as nomads. And now uh, they were part of an army that was greater than themselves. They knew what to do. In their minds, they were probably thinking, why don't we go take this the old-fashioned way? What is this new weapon of walking around being silent? And then the people of Jericho, trained warriors, fortified city, impenetrable walls, watching this, this new group of people walk, blow horns, and carry this thing called the Ark of the Covenant. Well, as we, uh, as we think about this, we have, to, we have to think about, honestly, the application. Has there ever been a time in your life when God asked you to remain silent? Maybe it was when you were falsely accused of something. And rather, 
rather than defend yourself, God told you to hush and wait on him. (laughs) Maybe it was when you knew that a certain action was right and another was wrong, but God wanted to teach a lesson and, and your opinion was not necessary. When Jesus, when Jesus stood before his accusers, the scripture tells us that he, the son of God, remained silent. He took their abuse because he knew that God had a much bigger plan. As we, as we look back on the battle of Jericho, it may, it may seem like the Israelites had it easy. But you know, taking down the walls was the hard part. And God did that for them. <laughs> but sometimes what may seem easy actually is not easy at all. All of those warriors probably hated marching in silence. You know, and I heard about the Marine who was trained to kill the enemy. And his first assignment was to check IDs at the gate. When we're trained for something and we're not able to do what we're trained for, uh, it can be very frustrating. Marching in silence A strategy of silence is just not the typical way of a warrior. They probably would have given anything to to help God out a little bit by shooting a few well-aimed arrows. And the priest himself may have been itching to sit down the ark and offer God a sacrifice or pray a special prayer against their enemies. No one said, listen to me, No one said that obedience is easy. To do something easy is, well, easy. But obedience to God's commands is often hard. From Abraham to Paul, the Bible is full of men and women who obeyed despite the cost. And it's full of men and women who didn't obey Yet how often do we make excuses or try to weasel our way out of God's commands? If God commands it, it's our job to do it no matter the cost. And this is what makes obedience the truest expression of trust. And if you write down only one thing today, please write down this. Obedience is the truest expression of trust. Submission comes first. Obedience involves effort. And third, listen to me, triumph takes time. Triumph takes time. I've heard someone say that every overnight success takes about 15 years. Joshua chapter 6, starting with verse 12 Joshua got up early the next morning and the priest took up the ark of the Lord. The seven priests carrying the seven trumpets went forward, marching before the ark of the Lord and blowing the trumpets. The armed men went ahead of them and the rear guard followed followed the ark of the Lord while the trumpets kept sounding. So on the second day, they marched around the city once and returned to camp. They did this for six days. 
On the seventh day, they got up at daybreak and marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except on that day they circled the city seven times. The seventh time around, when the priests sounded their trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. Go to verse 20. And when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. So everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. The Bible tells us that God's ways are not our ways, that his thoughts are not our thoughts. Could God have miraculously brought down the walls on day one? Yes, of course he could have, absolutely. Could he have destroyed the city of Jericho without the Israelite uh, army lifting a finger, let alone marching for seven days? You bet he could. God could have done it any way that he liked, but this is the way that he chose. And it, and it, it, it probably seemed a little redundant. It may have seemed a little monotonous. It may have seemed frustrating for, for these trained warriors, but God was training them for taking the promised land, and the training boiled down to this. Listen and obey. Listen and obey. The first town around the walls was probably a novelty. They'd never done it before. The second and third times the Israelites may have been full of daydreams about what was behind those walls. What was about to come. But surely by the the fourth and fifth days, the trips had gotten old. And what about the, the, the sixth time uh, around, around that seventh day? There must have been some sense of anticipation, of course, but surely there was fatigue, frustration. Why did this have to take so long? <laughs> what was God up to? Why didn't he tell them what was going on? Why didn't God share with them in detail the significance of why he was asking them to do it? You know why? Because God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants, with whomever he wants, for as long as he wants, without anyone's permission. Maybe a little doubt began to creep in. Maybe they asked this, what if God does not come through? What if we've just been wasting our time? What if they are going to end up laughing at us? And if you've ever faced a wall in your life, you probably understand. Maybe you have tried to be submissive. Maybe you've done everything you know to do in acts of obedience but you are still waiting for God to break down the wall that is holding you back from living a victorious life in Christ. You seem to keep marching, but that wall is still standing. In fact, you can't even spot a crack in the wall. You know, that's a difficult place to be. 
And sometimes we want to take matters in our own hands. We're, we're, we're tempted to throw in the towel altogether. And as Christ's followers are, are guaranteed ultimate victory, but sometimes that victory takes a very long time. Sometimes, listen to me, and this may be difficult for you to hear, sometimes we do not see victory on this side of heaven. And if you're in that place today, I want to encourage you because you're not alone. In Hebrews chapter 11, we read about Abraham and many other men and women of faith. And the Bible tells us that many of them died without seeing the fulfillment of God's promises, but they died, listen, still believing. <laughs> they died still believing. They didn't just die period, they died, comma, still believing. Submission comes first. Obedience involves effort. Triumph takes time. The story of Jericho is not some kind of a fairy tale meant to inspire little children about God's power. It's a real-life experience that reminds us about the importance of faith. Submission and obedience are acts of faith. No, no matter what battle we face, no matter how extraordinary the command, no matter how long the war is waged or how hopelessly ridiculous it all seems, we are called to submit and obey. We are expected to wait on his timing. And he promises that when we do so, we will see the victory. There's the, the children's song that goes like this. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho, Jericho, Jericho. Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down. But the truth is, Joshua did not fight the battle. God fought it. If you're a Christian follower, no matter, no matter what battle you are facing, no matter how high the wall seems or how long the road stretches ahead, God is with you. And because of his son, Jesus Christ, you are already victorious. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 Oh, listen to this. Empty your minds of whatever you're thinking about right now so you can focus on this scripture. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 57 and 58. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. For those of us who have believed on Jesus, for those of us who have committed our hearts and lives to him, we know that this world is not our home. And one day, all the walls will fall down. And when all those walls fall down, which side will you be on? The first step in submission is repentance. 
repenting of sin, and trusting Jesus. Well, I've preached to you the best way I know how this morning. The old familiar story of Jericho and the walls that came down. You've been listening to the Paul Gunn Podcast, produced by Marie McKinney Oates, available on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Tina Tran. Have a good day, mate.